Welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we have rare but vital conversations about Jesus. Hey everyone, welcome to the One Life Podcast. One Life is a startup church here in Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to build extended families of disciples that live on a mission together. My name is Tiffany Ketchum, and here with me is my husband and co-host, Tim Ketchum. Hello. So, welcome to episode 21. Oh, we've got 20 episodes. Yeah. Wow. 20 are already out. So, today's kind of a continuation of last episode. What did we talk about last episode, Tim? So, the last episode, we looked at the creation of Eve coming out of Adam's side chamber and some language that was used there about solving a problem for Adam being lonely or not being alone and them coming together and becoming one flesh. So we mentioned Ephesians 5 as well last week, briefly, but I think we're getting into that today, right? Yeah, we read a short you know, passage at the end of Ephesians 5, and basically what Paul does in Ephesians 5 is he draws an analogy between the creation and formation of Eve out of Adam's body and then coming back to become one flesh. And he says, hey, that's kind of like our relationship with Jesus, that the church is kind of like Eve and Jesus is kind of like Adam. And so we're going to, we're always wanting to make a bridge or a connection between Old Testament and New Testament and the passages we look at, you know, and how it relates to Jesus. So we're going to do that today. Sounds great. How do we want to get started? Uh, I'm thinking it's a little bit of a long passage, and I know if we were to go verse by verse, we'd get bogged down, and I would get distracted, and we'd go into stuff. We're like, wait, what are we talking about that for? (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely a lot we could go into. Yeah, but we're just going to read the passage, Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 33, and then we're just going to pick, kind of cherry pick some things out of there. Okay, and I think we are not going to necessarily get into marriage specifically like right. get into all those details yeah like the husband's role the wife's role right submission yeah all that kind of stuff that's yep. a lot to get into so yeah. we're we're gonna mainly focus on jesus and us the church that's right okay great thanks for setting that boundary up for me <laughs> so let's get into it ephesians 5 starting in verse 21 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, making her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body, 
just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, there's a lot in here. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to cherry pick. I think one of the places we might want to start out is just by kind of defining this concept of headship. And typically when we read the head, we can kind of think about the head of the department or kind of like a leadership position uh, where you're kind of like the top ranking person in an organization. But it, it was very rarely used in that way in Paul's day. It was actually more used in the concept of a source. So we would kind of talk about like the head of a river, you know, basically the beginning point, the source. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about it from the standpoint of the creation narrative is that you've got Adam and then where does Eve come from? She comes out of Adam. And so Adam is the source of Eve. And the important thing I think to frame all of this is when he gets to the end of the chapter here, he says, oh, by the way, this is a great mystery. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, he's a single guy. You know, Paul was single. He wasn't married. And he's sitting here talking about marriage. And the temptation is to think, oh, it's a great mystery because he's single (laughs) and he doesn't know anything about marriage. Hmm. But he says, but I'm not, the mystery is not about marriage. The mystery is about our relationship to Christ, and he's just using marriage as an analogy for that. And this concept of us being one with Christ and Christ nourishing us and giving himself for us and this relationship of oneness and union between us, he's saying that is a great mystery. That is something that requires a lot of reflection and it's not easily apprehended. It's not easily understood. And so it's, it's really worthy of, of a lot of investigation and trying to approach it from different angles to try to understand it. So if we're talking about our relationship with Jesus, I think it's really important to kind of get in line with what Paul is saying here to see him as the source that everything comes out of him, everything comes from him, and our relationship with him is one in which we're always looking to him to receive something from him. And he kind of named what some of those things are in Ephesians 5, or at least he alludes to them. He uses marriage as an analogy. And he talks about uh, Christ loving us, He talks about Christ nourishing us. And he uses like an interesting phrase there about that he might make it holy when without blemish, but through the washing of water by the word. And it's like, wait a second, you mean Christ is speaking words to us? And those words are supposed to somehow cleanse us and sanctify us and make us holy. 
And I think he's probably, you know, because when Paul wrote this, the Bible wasn't fully completed, you know, like everybody wasn't walking around with a Bible in their hand on Sunday morning. He's actually talking about Christ speaking words to us, like individually, in the same way that a husband would speak very individual and personal words to his wife. And he says those words are going to have a washing and a cleansing effect on us. And I think that there's, that's part of the reason why I think Paul talks about this being a great mystery, um, is that there's something very unique that happens between Jesus and each one of us that is mysterious, that he speaks to us in ways that are not always necessarily uh, scientifically apprehendable. This is good, Tim. I have a question, though. When you talk about washing with water through the word, you're talking about the word as being words spoken to us. Yes. From Jesus, not like just reading the Bible. Right. So how, how did you come to that? Yeah, good question. I, there's a couple things. One is the word that he uses for word there is the word rhema. And that has a connotation of a spoken word as opposed to a written word. It doesn't always mean that, but it definitely puts you in that ballpark. The possibilities are there. But there, Paul actually says something in chapter 4 of Ephesians where he basically lists off a bunch of things that they used to do or that the quote-unquote Gentiles do. And in verse 20 he says, But you have not so learned Christ. And the language he uses there for learn is manthano. It's where we get our term for disciple. He's basically saying you have not been discipled by Christ in that way. And verse 21, he says, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And so even in, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is talking about Uh, Christ speaking to them, and he is actually their teacher. And he, of course, locates the truth in Jesus himself. There's sort of an assumption there in the letter that they are hearing the words that come from Jesus and that those words are truth and that there's a cleansing effect, you know, that comes with that. Mm, Yeah, that in itself is a mystery, And I I definitely see why he called it a mystery, because if you think about Jesus being pure and whole, and that he wants to become one with us, I mean, that's kind of mind-blowing to think about. And on top of that, that we actually become pure by becoming one with him. I mean, that should make us stop and be like, whoa, I can't fathom that. Um, something that came to me as I was meditating on this is I was thinking about our culture and how I don't, I feel like we're losing the concept of oneness and marriage. I mean, you can see this in the way that the culture is glorifying sex outside of marriage. And I think that the idea of covenant is 
really important here in becoming one with Jesus. You're covenanting yourself to him. And it shouldn't be a scary thing for us. If you know who Jesus is and you understand his love for you and that he is wanting to give you himself and to be your source. I mean, what an honor. What an honor that Jesus wants to become one with us in that way, to become so intertwined that we are one body. He is asking us to be his bride. He is completely devoted to us, and he does ask for the same. He asks for us to be devoted and aligned with him. Yeah, I really like the things that you're pointing us to in that, and there's definitely been a devaluing of marriage and the sexual relationship in our culture. You know, you you also hit on something I wanted to kind of uh, kind of riff off it a little bit is he actually wants us to become the best version of ourselves, and he speaks those words to us. And you know, just to kind of read the passage here, so that he can present us to himself as a radiant church not having any any stain or wrinkle and so basically he has a you know this is something i get from you tiffany he he has a vision of us that he's trying to develop in us and his love for us means that he's completely devoted and he is going to do everything he can to bring us into that place where we are radiant and glorious and spotless and it, it's a it's a beautiful relationship to know someone is devoted to you in that way and I think that that's once we kind of understand his love for us it definitely opens us up to receive from him and to receive those words that he has to speak to us you know one of the themes in Ephesians is the new humanity of Christ and one of the things that came up for me as I was thinking about this passage was that Jesus doesn't just offer us a gift, you know, like it's an object, like he could send it in the mail or, you know, it's, it's something that he just gives us and then we take it. He actually gives us himself. It does kind of evoke, you know, sort of like that, that marriage relationship where, you know, maybe the wife says, I just, I just want more intimacy. And maybe the husband says, well, I take you out to dinner. I'll buy you nice clothes. And, you know, don't like, don't I provide for our family? And, and yet there's still something there that's not being transferred. And what Jesus does is he actually gives us every part of himself. He shares his new humanity with us. And so he's, he's not just giving us something, he's giving us himself. And he's offering his complete and whole self to us. And I think that's kind of what is distinct between Christianity and other religions is that, you know, he is offering us himself. There's a whole lot more we can unpack in this, this idea of union and oneness and him offering himself to us. There's, there's a lot to explore there. This concept does go really deep that the God of the universe wants to give himself to us. And trust me, you will not be disappointed because his love is like no other love. 
So as we're closing out here, what's something practical we can put out here in relationship to us and Jesus? Yeah, I was thinking maybe something about in verse 26, he talks about wanting to sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of water by the word. And something I learned, you know, when I was doing a lot of research on hearing God's voice, something I picked up was that Jesus's voice is always kinder and gentler than our voice. Yes. I think a lot of us have like an inner critic or, you know, we, we can easily go to a place of condemnation or shame. And one of the ways you know that it's Jesus speaking to you is that it's going to be a kinder and more loving voice. Now, it doesn't always mean that he's going to say everything that you want him to say. <laughs> right. right. Because he uses this language of cleansing, which implies there's something there that needs to be addressed. But it's always going to be done in a way where you're going to be like, oh, I, I, I think I needed to hear that. That's actually life-giving. And it's going to be at the right time. It's going to be in the right way. And that's one of the ways you can sort of tell it's him that's speaking to you. Yeah, that's really good. His voice is definitely gentle, much gentler than your thoughts. So, yeah, I encourage you all to not only meditate on this concept, but to actually take time to conversate with Jesus, to hear from him, to receive from him. And, you know, we all know that communication is really important in marriage. And if we want to become more and more one with Jesus and to receive from him, then we do need to learn to hear his voice. As always, thank you guys for listening. I hope today's conversation has made you more appreciative of Jesus, of his love for us. And may we all continue to reflect on that. I think next week we'll be jumping back into Genesis and continuing through this trek of Jesus in the Bible. Yep. Please go subscribe if you want to keep joining our conversations here. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't say that we spent an exorbitant amount of time preparing for this podcast but we do have to set aside time to record and prepare the podcast and, and get it out to you all. So we really do appreciate you listening. And we will catch you next time.